Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the dumbest thing you've ever heard. I made that noise with my own mouth. Or did I? This is Common Man and T-Bone Uncensored. Go to hell. Welcome in. Hello. To the newest uncensored show. Yep. Um, I know sometimes it's just autoplays for you if you subscribe to the podcast. So if you're not interested in the uncensored content today, the language, now is your time to turn it off. Yep. That's right. Skip to the next episode. Yes. If you're in... In the car with your children. Right. I mean, that's... This is where you turn it up and say, learn how to talk. No. 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 Okay. No. No. Don't do that. No. No. Maybe right. the next podcast is for you. <laughs> but this one... We have no plan for today. I have the burner phone next to me. Yeah. The... Uh, if you're not aware... I mean, giving you the number now does nothing. No. Other than you could put it in your phone so you have it to text us for whenever you want to. What is that number again? Obviously... I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Good. All right. I, mean, I, I don't know what it is. I have the we phone, but I don't know what a, the number is. We got to come up with a catchy, bah, 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 like a little, you know, something or other like we have with, you know, our number for the radio station. I don't, is, I don't know what that means. Uh, What? 9710, right? Isn't that 829710 is the station phone number that doesn't get to us. Didn't they change that? No. No, the phone number? 821 I forgot you were here, Ted. <laughs> Ted is sitting right here. Ted's the fine producer. Of the show. I do have the phone number for the burner phone. What's the what's what the burner it? phone number? Six one four seven eight seven three zero nine three. Thirty ninety three. See that's what we need. Just a thirty ninety three. When should we tell them seven eight seven thirty ninety three? That if you text us, we charge you twenty dollars. Uh not yet. We gotta wait until we get a few more regular texts. You okay. gotta get them on the hook. The first month is free. That's how all this stuff works, Mike. You start off free, and then you start ratcheting in the charges. So we asked people to submit some questions and topics. We did ask Leanna if she wanted to come on the show today, and she um, just flashed us and said no. She'd rather die. Right. So, yeah, that's right. We did ask you guys, though, for some questions and topics on the burner phone. I have a few of those if you'd like. Uh, let's see here. We'll start off with, again, we're swearing and can say things. So Mike, who I'm going to presume is not the Mike in the studio next to me, Mike said, who is the biggest, most hated asshole in pro sports for you of all time? Pro sports figure is how he put it. Hmm. So, I mean, we have murderers. No, I mean, but like OJ Simpson. I, can I just say people. like, but that's a, that's a psycho. Do we eliminate I him? Like, I mean, I know this is going to be a weird delineation, but bear with me. I feel like you can be a psycho. Who could, like, psychos are sometimes really nice to lots of people. An asshole is someone who I don't expect is nice to anyone. They probably don't murder anybody, but they're just always a jerk. Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Kurt Schilling strikes me as a humongous asshole. Lance Armstrong. Well, clearly. But he's probably more psychopath. I'll tell you who he, I... Because he believed his own gimmick for a while. I'll tell you who I think 
university-wise, who has the market cornered on assholes? University. This, this radio station? No, no. We're not a university, dope. No. Oh, university. <laughs> Iowa. Because you've got Fran. Fran is clearly, Fran McCaffrey is one of the biggest grade A punks of all time when it comes to coaches. He's always whiny and complainy and growly and he stares down officials and he's screaming at his players and he's just, he's just unsavory in every single way as a human. But then you have Kirk Ferentz, who I'm pr- quite sure in his day-to-day life is can be pleasant enough to a few people, but this is a man who is ruining that football program day by day because he has been over his tenure a decent what are you college football about? coach. He built that football program. Mm, yeah, Hayden Fry never no, heard no, no. of him. He right? Did, he never heard of him. He didn't count. Okay, we don't count him. Kirk Ferentz built it. Sure. Into what it is today. Yeah. So now he like lets his dumb son run things. Because, and then when everybody asked him, like, hey, uh, just out of curiosity, would you have fired him if he wasn't your son? He's like, how dare you ask me questions? Like, like he's just a, he's a big asshole, too. I can't stand him. Vince McMahon? Does that count? Yeah. In the I, world of sports? I think we could By the way, qualify Teddy, him. Teddy's a big fan. Yes. When's WrestleMania? It's uh, Saturday night, April 1st. And so Sunday, Sunday night, And April Sunday 2nd. night. Well, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's night two one. nights. It's two nights, yeah. All right. So we're, oh, it's two nights now? That's, yeah. a, that's a permanent yes. thing? Yes. It's a two-night yes. event. Oh. Mike, are you surprised that Vince McMahon saw an opportunity to sell twice what, the tickets, who, who the hell twice am I, the thing? Yes. Who am I to say this is not a good idea? I don't watch it. But, Teddy, you do watch the product. Do you enjoy the two nights? I do. I think it's the best thing because before they would try to just do it all in one but day. But you don't think it's too watered down? And, just like, no. It used to be special. Like, if you made it on the WrestleMania card, you were doing something. You were over. But well, now it's everybody's on the card. Well, that's not necessarily true because it's not like each day is like seven hours long like it just used to be with WrestleMania. That's how it kind of got to that I point. I see. So they've shortened but, it. Yeah. So each night I think is right. maybe like, you know, in that four to, you know, four and a half hour range. Anyway. But I would, could I just ask too, do the matches go a little longer? Because I feel like sometimes when you have to squeeze in 17 people into a card, you might end up with this match is just going to have to be five minutes because we just don't have time for it or 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like. They probably they probably have better matches, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Because of two nights, like you probably get a little bit more of a they development get, there. Yes, they all get plenty of time. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. I was reading this morning that Vince McMahon is expected at WrestleMania. I assume he's going to come in the ring and bask in the glory. Oh right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, why would that be different? But I forgot he left. Well, he well, he yeah. was forced out. Yeah. And then he forced right. his way back in. Did he? Well, that's not the first time from the way things sound. Oh, anyway, anyway, look at it. anyway, the point is, is it, did he miss a WrestleMania? Because didn't that just happen like in the summer last year? Or uh, time is a flat circle for me at this point. I think so, it was like last maybe I don't June like or flat July. Circles. I'm saying I like I'm round and heaving. Right. I'm saying I don't know like what this voice is. I, I got it. You were starting there and then you left. But <laughs> what I would say is. Because I, because he would have been at the last WrestleMania, and then I think all the stuff happened where he was forced out yeah. over the summer, yeah. and then he made his triumphant return like six months later. So he hasn't missed a WrestleMania yet, technically, right? We haven't had one without him. Nope. All right, more burner phone stuff. What do you got? Uh, let's see. I have a couple anons. Anonymous seven four zero number says, "How about some stories about former staffers that you can't say on the air?" And then he has a separate question, but we'll get to that in a second. Well, in reality. If we can't say it on the air, we probably can't say it here either. Since this is public, you know, a lot of the stories that we can't tell, we just don't want to make public. It's not the fact that they're on the air. Right. Because we'll tell stories on the air, too. I'm trying to think. 
Because I've pretty much talked about everybody that I hate. I'm trying to think if there's any details of stories or things that we've thought about telling that we just couldn't tell because of their involved. Like, okay, like, I mean, you've told the Milan and Rimmer cussing yeah, each other I've, out story. I've told that. Have we actually told it with Rimmer the dispu- actual swearing? Rimmer disputes it. <laughs> yeah, Rimmer disputes everything. I never said that. It's like, sure you didn't. Well, here's in case you missed it, here's the story. So Milan Jordan used to work here. He would do updates. He'd produce. He'd uh, host shows occasionally. And I want to just say about Milan and guys like him, Milan, you know, isn't ever going to probably go work at station in New York. None of us are here, but like guys like Milan are how radio stations exist. If it, you know what I mean? Seriously, they're like, he would do yeah, all the, Milan a lot sucks of things. And we need a lot of people who suck. I got <laughs> That's it. Not right. <laughs> I'm saying, I love Milan. No, Milan's a good dude. I'm just saying like Milan was one of those guys that did all the dirty work around the station that you may not yeah, know. Milan, about, really nice guy. But, yeah. And a, and a good worker. Really nice and all guy. That stuff. Good yeah. worker. Yeah. Good chipple. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Good. Dude, so though. I'm hosting with Rimmer. Shoot me. Mm-hmm. So it's me and Rimmer, and Milan is producing the show for whatever reason. I have no idea because he wasn't a regular producer, but he was producing the show. And so the producer has the ability to pop on the microphone and talk in the host's ear. That doesn't go over the air. It just goes in the host's ear. Right. So let him know. And the host can do the same thing. Host can turn his microphone off. Only talk to the producer. Does it work in here? Ted, do we know? Let's let's find out. I can I can hear you, yeah. Okay, all right. So it still it works in here. Hey, look at that. And I'm back. Experimented, nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I just just giving an example of what it is. So you can can actually turn on my and say, Hey, can you get that cut for me? And so Rimmer, I'm talking. Rimmer turns off his microphone, talks to the producer while I'm talking, and says, Hey. Can you get some soundbite for me? And Milan doesn't respond right away because he's doing like a million things in there. He's trying to answer phones. Maybe an engineer's bothering him. I forget the exact situation. And so he doesn't answer within the first 10 seconds. And so Rimmer gets back on. Says, hey, did you hear what I said? This is while you're talking. Yes, I'm talking, trying to make some logical point about something i'm sure i'm failing and what people may not know when you're doing this for a living we have headphones on that really cover our ears Yeah, but i can still hear that there's something going on yeah but what i'm saying is well not only that you can usually see your co-host sitting there in the chair next to you yelling or getting agitated or talking and you know well i can't hear what he's saying so he's not talking to me there's only one other person he could be talking to at least when I've had that happen, I'm instantly processing, keep on going, because whatever's happening is not resolved yet. Right. And so then you have that extra so psychological filling, thing. So I'm filling time. Yeah. Because I know that they're having a conversation. So I'm filling time. Rimmer snaps at him and says, hey, did you hear what I said? And then Milan gets frustrated. He puts on his talk back then, answers him and says, give me a fucking minute. And so then Rimmer, instead of just letting it go, yeah. like a normal person right, would, right. and then maybe having words with Milan after the segment saying, hey, man, I just wanted to make sure you heard me. I didn't appreciate the response. Right. Okay. Sure. Instead, what Rimmer decided to do was turn his microphone back on and say, don't you fucking snap at me. And then Milan and Rimmer <laughs> get into a fuck you match. That went on for like 60 seconds. No, don't fuck me. Fuck you. And I'm there trying to talk <laughs> Which, and cover the way, all this up. If, and, and I don't, 
if you hit the wrong button there, oh, you're, you're dead. You're, you're dead. You're dead. You die. You're vaporized. I on thought the they air. were. I thought we had to stop the segment so they could fight each other. Right. That would have been quite the Mortal Kombat. Actually. Milan, really heavy set Serbian guy. Yeah. Rimmers had a heart transplant or whatever the hell he's had. <laughs> There's no with the bad Vegas, heart. Vegas wouldn't take odds on it. No. no. Oh, by the way, Milan. Does has like covered MMA stuff and knows all yeah, that. Yeah, I'm too. sure he so could put you in a hole. He probably knows a few yeah. moves. So I, all my money would have been on Milan to just destroy Rimmer in that moment. There was a time where he had to call an ambulance for Tony Castricone. I think I've told that too. Tony Castro yeah. is the guy who's now the voice of the Washington Huskies. Am I yes. wrong? Yes, I think he does football yes. and basketball. Yeah, I mean he's their Paul Keel. He's their Paul Keel. Had a great voice, Tony yeah. Castricone. Yeah, but he used to do Sports Center updates here. Worked here. Also had bad kidney stones. Yeah, and that's a tough thing. Like in the office, he was on the floor almost convulsing. Jeez. And we're like, hey, Oof. man, can we get you to a doctor? He's like, call an ambulance. And I remember, Ke- I remember Keels, no, remember Keels walking in there. And I, because I didn't know what was going on. And Keels walked in. And I said, what's going on, Paul? And he said something like, I forget exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of, Tony's just being a pussy. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and again, that's, you know, Paul wasn't insensitive. No, he was that's just, just, you know. He's, that's just what we do. Like, also, I think Paul has a kidney stone every day before lunch. He's like, well, that's no problem, buddy. <laughs> well, you should also know, like, Paul Keels, if you ever go up to him and are like, hey, Paul, good job on the broadcast today. I really enjoyed the call. Like, of the OSU-Michigan game or some huge thing, he'll be like, well, I haven't figured out yet how bad I am. You know, like he'll always say something self-deprecating. He's just that's how that's how he is with everything. Yeah, He's just he does yeah. it for other people too. Right, right. But that's yeah, that's a thing I've wondered about with the uh, like kidney stones specifically because I've never had one, but I know I've never bad. had one either. I've seen because well, I remember Torg had one here where he was stabbing himself oh in the leg, God. tried to like that take was the another, pain away. I, I think I've told that story too. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think hosting you have, with yeah. I, breaking news. I work with a lot of wackos. So Present I'm, company included. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So I'm hosting with Torg, and he's got kidney stones. And instead of taking the day off like a normal person, he decides in order to distract himself from the pain, the blinding pain of the kidney stone, during the show he's going to take a ballpoint pen and start stabbing himself in the leg. Normal. Which seems like maybe not the thing to do because now you're just getting pain in two places. Well, right, but I, I, I guess think. that was preferable. Well, to the kidney stone pain. I don't know. I love to add because, you know, there's all these self-help books out there and these, you know, if you just think it, you can make it happen. Those kind of people that I'm sure it's a bunch of crap. Well, is what it is, <laughs> I'm sure some of that is helpful. Right. But there like the, you remember the book, The Secret? No. Um, this was a book that Oprah had for many, many years. Like she had had it on her show. This woman who wrote it was like basically the idea was. If you have positive thoughts, you will attract positive thoughts. This is not like the 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 way the book was written was like this is scientific. Okay. This is a thing. This is the law of nature. And if you have positive thoughts, you'll attract positive thoughts. If you have negative thoughts, you'll attract negative things and negative thoughts in your life. Oprah had this woman on. And then a few months later, a woman, because in this book, this lady who wrote this book, The Secret, said a few people she knew had breast cancer and had done the secret, the positive thinking oh, thing, and, they, it just and then the, the breast cancer went I away. See. You can beat breast cancer. So a woman wrote Oprah. Oprah recommended this book, and a woman wrote her and was like, hey, Oprah, thanks for recommending this book. I'm going to take what it says to heart here, and I actually have breast cancer, but I'm going, and my doctor says, 
chemotherapy is what we need to do, or radiation or mastectomy or something, I'm going to forego that and just read this book like you said. And so then Oprah had to fly her out and say, <laughs> we didn't actually mean for you to really believe this or anything, and kind of had to say, like, we want you to do what's right by well, a doctor. The, the, the power of positive thinking. It's that can, good, be, that can be a, a very good thing. thing as it's long thing. as used in conjunction yes. with modern medicine. Right. Thank and you. I guess what I'm saying is for the people who really get down on that or who really think that stuff's the case, like, what do you do with kid? Like, the, the kidney stone people don't ask for these to happen, right? They just occur. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? It's one of those afflictions that I've thought there's just really nothing that you can do about it right like well no and, and some people say diet like, oh, things and all this stuff. but you know what no one eats a worse diet than me no and i've never had one that's what i'm saying now, i'll probably get one later <laughs> <laughs> well all i'm saying is i've worked with i've worked in this industry with guys who drank two liters of mountain dew not 20 ounces two liters two of liters, un- I you were gonna of say scotch fully let it well that too but i'm just saying like all the sugar you want all the caffeine you want People who drink iced tea instead of water, like that's just all they drink, I've, and they've never had a kidney stone. And then you're right. There's other people who have like a couple sips of coffee, and suddenly they're like, I have nine kidney stones. Yeah. That's not a power th- power of positive thinking thing. It's just stupid. What do you have to say, Ted? I agree 100%. No, I, I, not about that. Everything. Ted's got money on just, baseball. You're very quiet over there. Ted's watching baseball. Oh, you, he's got, money on, he's got money on the ball. No, I'm listening to you. Well, he's watching the Braves and Nationals right yeah, now. I got money on the Braves. I know you do. Yeah. That's a smart man. Uh, the anonymous 740 number had another part of their question, Mike, and I think you'll enjoy this part too. I uh, wanted to know about your watch collection. Oh, now he's asking for some details on uh, most expensive, least expensive, wow. favorite brands, styles, but whatever you feel comfortable feels, sharing. That feels douchey. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I want, <laughs> let's hear all about your expensive <laughs> watch right, collection. That feels, that feels douchey. I've I've pared down quite a bit. I used to have lots, and then I'm how many? I, how many is lots? Like like a 12, dozen? Twelve. Okay, yeah. but these are not like a Timex. These are these. no. I mean, like I had a, a couple cheaper ones that I just liked, like a like a digital G Shock, which cost like you know one hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars. Okay. So yeah. not all of them were ridiculous, but it started to become ridiculous. I recognized that mm. and said, you know what, I gotta, I, I can't possibly wear all these. I can't appreciate them. So I got rid of them. I'll tell you, the most expensive one that I had was one that I paid twelve thousand dollars for. Wow. Hmm. What was that one? What kind? Of, what was the brand? Was that, that was an H Moser. H Moser. Was that? Mm. It was the green. You remember the green one that I yeah, had? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I that was. That. You know what? I kind of regret selling it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's gonna be like Ric Flair's bathroom or uh, his robe to the robe to the and, and look, of the ring. It's, that thing. It's it's hard to explain to people. It's antiquated technology, right? A, a digital watch keeps better time than a $20,000 Rolex. It just does. Sure. That's not why you're drawn to it. It's it's something that makes you feel a certain way. The craftsmanship, knowing that somebody has to physically use the tiniest tools imaginable to finish this by hand. Right. You know, well, and there are some watches that are so complicated that you can't mechanize them at all. You can't have a machine make any part of it. Yeah, I think that's the same thing as, like, in the car industry, right? That's why a lot of car people are into watches. Well, right, because there are people who are like, I mean, if you really want the honest truth, you go out and get an electric anything, like a Chevy Volt or whatever, it's electric car, that's going to go faster than, like, a six-speed manual transmission sports car from the 60s or 70s or 80s. But 
you want the manual transmission because right. you want to feel, feel the, a certain yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, there's that's exactly right. How do you go about selling a twelve thousand dollar watch though? Oh, you you'll be surprised, the, man. You is walk, there, well, first you, time you, you walk, your, you walk into the country club and start throwing the no, vibes no. out. And you're just like, oh, this watch is a little old. I need first to get of rid all, of it. And there, are, kinda, there are tons of jewelry stores that'll buy used watches, secondary watches, like Rolexes right now. Like Diamond Sellers sells Rolexes. Walk in there and try and buy a Rolex. Can't. They what? don't have them. Oh, they're out. People just buying the, them. The, up? Mar- the market for Rolexes are ridiculous right now. Interesting. And so even authorized retailers can't keep them in stock. And when they do get them in stock, they don't just sell them to any Tom, Dick, and Harry who walks off the street. They have their valuable customers who have been coming to the Diamond Seller for years. Wow. Right. And then they call those people and say. I just got this in. Would you like it? And guess what? They always say yes. And so uh, a watch that costs $6,000 from Rolex, because Rolex doesn't really mark up that much, right? Okay. So they could sell their own product for $20,000 because the demand is there, but they won't do that. So they'll sell to a store, Hmm. an authorized retailer. Someone in the know will get that watch and then turn around and sell it on eBay for $20,000. They'll make fifteen grand overnight. Lord. They just had this big watch show in, in Geneva, and Rolex discontinued, I think it was uh, the Cellini. And so now every model that they discontinue, they're not making anymore. What do you think that does to the price? Oh, uh, yeah, they go up ridiculous. Right. Any stock that exists or any people that just bought one or still own one in good condition, sometimes Rolexes are worth more. These vintage watches are worth more if they look beat to shit. Yeah. I wouldn't even... <laughs> Really? If they're beat yes, up, they're worth because more? that adds character to it. Oh, now, wow. not beat up to the point where the sapphire is cracked or the thing doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, but if it's but got some patina on it. If it has patina it. on it, yeah. especially now if you buy like a bronze watch, you want that patina that comes oh, with geez. bronze. I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would be like killing myself trying to make it look my clean point and is, spotless. My point is, there's always a market for these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, this one is. Uh, we have another. This was a text that we got, but it was from one of our people who tweet us named Meat Sweats who said, any horrific public bathroom stories? Well, there was a time that, that I was asked to clean the public bathroom at the grocery store when I was 15 years old, and I walked in there, and there was just shit smeared everywhere oh, over the entire thing. I mean, this is multiple people. Yeah, right. That must have coordinated <sighs> shitting oh, oh, oh. all at the same time. And or maybe it was a, you know, that could also be is just a community art project. Well, That's I what don't I would know, say. Maybe but it was, just, it was my day to clean the bathroom. I went to my boss and said, hey, someone did this in the bathroom. And he said, well, sucks to be you. Oh, I said, no, sucks to be you. I quit. <laughs> I was 15. I didn't care. Yeah, dude. I, I don't, I've never understood that idea with like, if you're a manager at a job like that, you know, not, not, if you're a manager anywhere, you probably shouldn't have that attitude, but jobs like that, where you work at a grocery store at a, a, a place where they have a lot of turnover of high school kids. It must be tough, as you're hearing now from everyone who's like, no one wants to work. It's like, well, maybe, or maybe the price isn't there. And also, there's been a lot of people who are managed or who have managers who are like, well, that's your problem, bud. Like, there's a lot of people that would just say, like, no, it's not my problem. And good for you for being one of those people that would say, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and that's that's probably what drives some people away from working in those industries. There was another guess. there was another time where I was uh, I was on a road trip. I forget where I was going. But it was a long drive. And so I stopped at one of these gas station truck stops to use the facilities. Mm -hmm. And so I went in there. I sat down because it was going to be number two. 
And of course, you know me. I protected the seat and yeah, yeah, yeah. put rows right. of toilet paper down to protect my ass. And then I proceed to misjudge where my dick is. I thought it was in the cylinder. It wasn't. And I proceed to piss all over my legs and pants. That's good. That's a fun. <laughs> that's a fun. And so, fun I mean, I'm, I'm talking like soaking piss. And you're. you're <laughs> Soak that like, oh, a couple and drops now, got on my pants. So now you're. In a public restroom in the middle of somewhere. And but, I have piss all over my jeans. Yes, and now you have to... The move I probably would do is sit there for four hours till it dries and no. then try to leave under the cover I, of darkness. I did, I did what I did, and then I had to walk through the store in shame. This particular store is one of these huge truck stoppy places, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. I bought a pair of sweatpants. There you go. At the store. You know what? And then went and changed through my piss jeans they, in the trash. They know their customers. We got a lot of people that, just in that case urinate you, on themselves just in case here. Just piss or shit on Yeah, them. <laughs> right. They have they have that down. That's good. I uh, I actually have a good public bathroom story, like a positive oh, one. Oh, is this the time you got uh, man mm, sex in no. the public bathroom? <laughs> Listen, doesn't matter who. The point is, sex happened. No, uh, what I was going to say is, I was staying at a hotel. It was a for me a nice hotel in a downtown area, right? And in our bathroom. Like when my, just my wife and I travel, like this just in, Bone stinks up a bathroom occasionally, like we all do. Well, everybody does. Right. But this particular hotel, while it was very nice, the restroom fan was lacking. It was one of those where you just, it's like, hello, waft the air around. I'm a fan. And it's like, no, no, I need jet engine fan. I don't need it to be delicate and dainty like all the other stuff in this hotel. I need it to get the job done. It was not getting the job done. So I decided, because we'd been on the road, it was kind of a long day. I'm like, I need a solid BM. I'm going to go downstairs to the lobby so I don't stink up the hotel room. I go down to the lobby. It is like, it wasn't mahogany, but it was imitation mahogany on the walls. And it was, the the stalls were like 9, 10 feet tall. Beautiful. Like the, the ceiling What's the did, problem? And the doors, I'd never seen this again. The doors were like sealed to the floor with like a rubber strip, like a front door would be where when you shut this thing, it went. And so it's like you're enclosed. There's no, I don't one... know why they're not all like that. Right. And then of course the door is floor to ceiling. So it too is like the height of this. So Beautiful. it's a giant door. I'm in a little room and then there is like an individualized fan next to me. And I'm sitting there like, why did I pay for the hotel room? And there's I... a person in there just to no, wipe. Yeah. You. Right. I should. I was like, I should have just stayed down the street at an even cheaper hotel, and then just come over here to BM, and then go back. So I, I ended up going to that bathroom like four times while we stayed there on this vacation. Because I was like, I, why would I go in the bath? Why would, even just to pee? I would just go right, in so down your, there. Your story is you found the best bathroom ever. I found a my great story bathroom. is I pissed all over myself. Well, I what do you, what do you want me to say? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. for the show, that's yeah. about how it goes. What, uh, else? what else do we have? I have yeah, I have an anonymous six one four here that says. Tell us about a time you were recognized in public as a local celebrity when you wanted to be invisible. Is there an awkward or cringe-worthy story? I can give you one basic one, which this has happened multiple times, a variety of this, which is where I've got three kids. I've got a three-year-old, and I've been out a couple different times with the three-year-old acting like a three-year-old, and the other kids are like, Dad, can we have some gum? And I'm like, I told you before, we're not getting gum right now. You have gum in the car. Just let's chill out on the gum. And then the kids going crazy. And then I'm like, can you just, can everybody just chill? You know, and I'm just getting a little dad fed up. And then someone's like, hey, T-Bone, how's it going? It's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? Ha! Ah. And then I like. Just I got, in the middle of beating my kids here. 
You're in the parking lot just beating the hell out of them. Yeah, one time I was not beating my kids. I don't do that. I was trying to put my kid, my youngest, in the car seat, and she's like three-year-old having a meltdown, screaming and flailing. And I'm like, please, just get in the car. I'm trying to make a scene. And some guy's like, oh, hey, T-Bone. Sounds like you're having fun with the family. And I'm like, yeah, I sure am. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) And then it was just, it was awkward. It wasn't wasn't their fault. It was just, I blame my kids. That's what I'll say. Blame the kids. Uh, Burner phone from Justin. He says, you were talking about this a little bit the other day when you started at the fan. Your ratings and footprint were nothing compared to what they are today. Even Bone, you've been around for a while. If you both had to think back on the transformation, what are the two or three biggest things that happened slash changed to allow the fan to become what it is today? Oh, that's a that's a long answer. Uh, it's probably a boring answer, but uh, technology changed in the way that we measure our ratings. It used to be that ratings were only measured by the ratings company would send out diaries. Like a paper book. Right, like a paper book. And they ask you to write down what you listen to and the time amount that you listen to it. And it's highly unscientific, and people wouldn't take it seriously. And maybe they'd sit down at the end of the week and try and remember what they listened to on Monday, and they'd get it all wrong. Yeah, there's, right? uh, there was. Uh, that's why you'd see billboards all the time for radio stations that were like, Mitch in the morning, because they wanted you to remember Mitch in the morning, Mitch in the morning. You see that everywhere. You hear right, it everywhere. Right. Imaging, so that then when you go in your diary, you'd write down, what did I listen to from 6 to 9 a.m.? Oh, yeah, Mitch in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m. And the, and the radio Friday. station, they would then send these diary entries to, once they compiled all the ratings, they'd send proof of what their ratings meant. So you'd see the diary entries for people. And I remember reading them. It's like, I listen to Spielman on sports on WTVN. No, you didn't. You listen to one you or listen, the other. You listen to Spielman on sports on the fan. Yeah. But you couldn't have listened to it on WTVN. And what they would do then is do double credit. <laughs> WTVN would get credit and we would get credit, even though clearly they were listening to Spielman on sports. Well, you would think, right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And if you didn't put like WBNS in there, a lot of times, I know in the early days, if you just mentioned like the fan, they wouldn't give you credit for that. That's it, right. It had to be like WBNS. Yes. Jeez. Yeah, that's, I didn't even know that. And then that, you had to specify which WBNS. AMM, AM or FM. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, or like yeah, that's the frequency. Dumb. If you put the frequency in, that would work. Anyway, as well. it was very dumb. So, now they have a less dumb thing where they have a an amount of people in a local market that they give these like pager things to, and you wear this device, and everywhere you go, it picks up what radio station you're listening to, or I think even now like streaming or yeah, podcast. streaming, it'll it'll yeah. pick it up too as long right. as your signal is encoded, and that's on the radio station too encode the signal. So you're listening to it right now. Uh, we have little codes that are running out. So if you had one of these pagers on your hip, yep, yep, it would it would tell that pager you're listening to the fan. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. And it would jot down that information, digitally send it to the ratings company. It's Nielsen. It's the same people that do the television ratings, same company. And they would compile a list. So that technology has changed. And when they changed that technology, it helped out radio stations that have big male demographics like we do a lot because males did not take the diary system seriously. Females were more diligent about sitting down every single day and saying, I listen to Sunny today. Yeah. And they'd write that down. Men would be like, I don't know what I listen to on Monday. Who cares? Give me my dollar. Yep. 
And then everybody in between was like, you don't count because you're not in a demo. So they, would, they right. wouldn't even ask. Now it's a little bit more scientific. Also, the radio landscape has changed. Uh, music stations, by and large, are formulaic and boring and offer nothing to the local listener that people can't find elsewhere. But a station like ours, if you want to hear Common Man or T- and T-Bone or you want to hear Bo Bishop or Bobby Carpenter, there's only one place you can go to hear that, and that's yeah. us. Yeah. If you want to hear Foo Fighters, there's 19 million places you can go to hear it, including Spotify and Amazon and all those other places. So having original content that people crave is what has separated radio stations like ours from the others. Yeah. And then there's like things, too, where when I first got hired to work here, I remember being asked questions like, how important is baseball to you in your life? And of course, when I would get in there, I was like, oh, man, I... Boy, I, I, I live and if breathe. I, if I miss a baseball game, it, it hurts to my soul. You know, but it's like they wanted to know how much sports I watched. They were at interviewing me like, what are you going to do statistically? Or like, what do you know statistically about these sports? And then when I actually got into doing the job of sports radio, which this is what I always thought as a listener, and then doing it, I kind of found it to be true. If all you have are the stats and numbers that people could just read anyway, you're not going to do very well. So... I mean, I know you felt that way, Mike. You know, Ted feels that way. Like, you have to do something we above had, and beyond just change. the stats and numbers right. and we had to general sports because discussion. Because if, if you want to dive deep on a particular topic, if you're Joe Baseball, good news. There's an 18 million podcasts for you to listen to. Yeah. They will dive into numbers and, and get into the weeds. And that's not, we can't compete with that. We don't want to compete with that. So when you tune in to hear us, you're tuning in to hear what we have to say, our spin on things. You're not necessarily tuning in to hear what happened yesterday because you can get that yourself or hear what's going to happen later, you know, because you can get that someplace. Yeah, you, you, I think when you do this job, you have to have something, well, something different to say every day, not necessarily something that's like, I want to today argue some other point, not that, but like, we try to not just do the same thing every day, even though we try to stay consistent. So that's a little bit of a weird right. thing. And you but... have to know which audience you're talking to. You know, I've been well, doing this yeah. for 20 years and talking to the same people for 20 years. So you guys are used to me. I can come on the air and say, I had a bad day and rant and rave about this and that. And you guys will get me. I could do the same show in a different market for people who don't get me. And they'll turn on the radio and say, who the hell is this guy? Oh, if tomorrow they just unannounced took our show, we didn't know they were doing this and they just put it on in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. We would we would do terribly. No, I, we'd fail. Because we wouldn't be talking to, we wouldn't know anything about Kansas City. We wouldn't know what they are wanting to hear. We wouldn't know, like, the audience demographics who we're talking to. So we'd have to work ourselves back into this level of comfort with that audience. It'd be yeah, like you if, can build that over time, but of course, yeah. But it, it'd be the same thing as if you have a bunch of coworkers or family members, and then suddenly you just get into a new place where you don't know anybody. You have to make friends. You have to make relationships, and and that kind of thing is what we would have to do if we were on in a different place. No, when I was younger, I thought I want. I thought the end game was national radio. I wanted to do national radio. I wanted to be ESPN radio guy. And then I got a chance to do some ESPN radio and host some of those national shows. And I remember at the time thinking, I hate this. Yeah. Because if you're formulating a show for everybody. You have to be non-offensive to the guy in Tulsa and try and appeal to Tulsa guy as well as Boston guy and Florida guy. Then your show is just a watered-down piece of crap, and I could not handle that, and I didn't want to do that.
Yeah. Well, if, and if you wonder, just to go a little further on that, if you wonder why when you watch those talking head shows on ESPN or if you listen to national sports radio that isn't like a podcast or something, nine times out of ten, the reason they're talking about the, well, here's what's going to go on with the Rams or the Jets or whatever, like in, in the NFL, and then why do they talk about the same three or four NBA things, and why do they talk about the same three or four baseball things and barely touch on hockey, it's because their audience demos for the nation tell them, NFL big, then there's, you know, a couple national NBA, like LeBron covers 38% of people or 40% of people. And they're like, good enough. That It doesn't matter that you or the people like in Columbus may not necessarily care as much about hearing about LeBron James stuff with the Lakers right now. Yeah. They don't care about that because it's like, yeah, but that'll cover New York and LA and Chicago and 19 other markets. We'll get 20% or 10% or 15%, and that'll be enough to make a good enough audience rating for this hour. And that's all they care about. They're not, there's no way they could possibly think about what the local audience wants. I think a lot of the times when we talk about something on our show, we talk about Buckeye football, 90% of people listening to us are at least interested somewhat in that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we we try to aim for way higher numbers that people would be interested in. So. Well, philosophies have changed too. I remember, you know, bosses in the past. They'd be looking at research and they'd say, oh, well, our average time spent listening per listener is 20 minutes a day. So what you need to do is just reset your content every 20 minutes for when new people tune in. Yeah. You know what that makes for? A shitty show. Yeah. When terrible. you're just, you know, you get a three hour show and you're repeating yourself doing the same topics every 20 minutes. And I said, that's stupid. There has to be a better way to do this. And now when you look at our time spent listening, our average time spent listening is an hour. Yeah, it's per it's listener much higher, every right. single day. It's an hour, and it's because we stopped repeating ourselves. We stopped doing the same topics every twenty minutes. We did a three-hour show, and if you, you happen to be around for all three hours, that's nice. But if not, you know, we're not resetting the same topics for you every twenty minutes. Yeah, and and I guess the final thing on that is when we talk about those numbers and things we're trying to do. There's a reason why you hear us talk a lot of food, because. <laughs> What's more everybody pop- likes food Who likes ice cream <laughs> yeah. most people Except for my right? mother-in-law well you know what I mean like if you don't like ice cream you probably like tacos or you probably like fast food or you probably like breakfast cereals or like when we do those little gimmicky things we do that one because we're hungry and fat asses but we do it also because we figure that's a lot better for our audience than deciding should we talk about the Niners quarterback situation or the pitching rotation for the Guardians and it's like we'll get to that stuff too but we've got to have a few things that everyone is going to enjoy and you also have to understand what you are, you know, and I think we've done that where, you know, I listen to all types of radio. I like NPR. Yeah. You know, I like the stories that they tell. They they take deep dives into topics and have these longer form interviews. And I listen to a lot of the BBC, the British stuff too, where they, you know, it's almost like investigative reporting where they'll have an entire show for an hour that they spend on one topic and they get in the weeds and they interview people, they talk to people and skilled producers put this all together like a documentary. I dig that. I do. And that's like going to a high-end steakhouse and sitting down and having a really good meal. You feel satisfied and it's sort of an experience for you. We knew that we we appreciated that, but we wanted to do something different. I have no problem being the fast food window of radio shows. We are empty calories. You turn us you can eat us every single day if you choose to. We try not to take ourselves too seriously. Um, We try not to be pretentious, you know, and just take you along for a ride and give you a chuckle every single day. That's 
That's the target of this show. Maybe we're not going to win awards because of it, but we've gotten numbers because of it. So, well, and I'll quite honestly, it. we've kept our what relative levels of sanity we possessed before we started in this business. You you have to do something that you can actually do day in day out. Like, oh yeah, man! When it's you three hear, hours a day that we're doing this, and I'm not defending these guys at all. But when you hear Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith screaming at each other, or well, other people now, but screaming nonetheless about things for three hours a day. That's an amount of they have a tolerance for that that I could never have. I couldn't do that for three hours a day. Yeah, they're called psychopaths. Well, mm-hmm. right. But if you have when you hear like you listen to Rothman and Ice, they're gonna talk a lot more in-depth stuff on hockey than let's say we are. That's because we don't have a tolerance for it. You don't have a tolerance for it. The audience, in our view, that's not where our audience is. Their audience is more where they are. And and on down the list, like when you hear stuff on different shows and you say, huh, they like to talk about these things a lot. That's what they can – they're talking about things they could do every single day and not get bored with it and find new angles on it. For us, that tends to be food. But <laughs> we also find other things that we can, you know, tolerate and enjoy. And we like sports. I don't like sports, I don't think, in the same way that maybe Anthony Rothman does or that Bobby Carpenter does. Right. Or whatever. Right. Like, we each like it kind of our own way. And so people in the audience are like that too. There's some people who are more casual fans or some people who are – Diehard stat nerds who have seven fantasy teams, and, and we and we try and we need to have something for everyone, right? Yeah. What else you got? Anything? Uh, no. I How much time we've been talking? Forty-five some minutes or something. Yeah, maybe one more topic you have or anything. What do you, you have? Teddy? Finish? You ask a question. <laughs> it's Ted from Canal. <laughs> Hi, Ted. You're on the fan. I know everything, so there's nothing <laughs> I need know to ask. You know everything. Get yes, out of here. Do. Yeah, I know everything about the mm. show and everything behind the scenes and let's see. how we've got to this point. Yeah, I'm trying to think. All right, let's let's do this. If we were to do a show, I know the answer is we never want to do remote broadcast, but if we were forced to do a remote broadcast from a non-Columbus location that is still in the continental United States, so can't say Greenland, where would be our ideal place to go do a remote broadcast? And in this scenario... Zanesville. Because <laughs> that's the closest? Yeah, I want to go as close as possible. I, you know what? All I'd right, sign right, up for that. I'll, I'll play. I'd I'll sign play. up for that if it was the wild. All right, go and ahead. And I would take you out there with. You know what? I've actually never been to the wild. You should. Go. And I, I, I do. I watch the shows about it all the time. I like the animal Does, shows. Does uh, Samantha enjoy animals? Oh yeah, she yeah. loves animals from you, a distance. Well, they'll they'll take you in a thing, and you can ride in a bus. So like, the the giraffes might walk by and lick your face, but you know, lick my face. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, they Get they'll probably they'll probably leave you alone. But no, then you can go see like a cheetah all actually right. out anyway, running around. I'll play your game. Go ahead. Um. I'm trying to think where, because I feel like we'd have to go to a good food destination, but also a place that maybe has some other, I don't know, like, I'm not saying, I've never been to this place. I've always wanted to go to Memphis for, like, the the food, the music, the history, the, like, I, that seems like a place I'd like to go and visit, and if there was a work-related reason to, where we're just trying out local things from Memphis, but again, I get that's not the glitziest location, mm-hmm. but that's a place I would put on the list to maybe go to. We could go you? to Graceland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's out in Memphis. What about right, you, Teddy? Mm-hmm. You don't want to go anywhere like me. Now, if, are you talking that you want to go somewhere where we could all enjoy and have a We could all have t- a good time. Because we could all probably go, like, Mike likes to go up to Vermont or, you know, the Northeast. That, that would be yeah. some place where, Bone, you could go out and do your hiking. I would be hiking, yes. And it's just a new place for me yeah. to visit and see, and, and Mike enjoys being I do there. En- I do enjoy it. Because if it was just up to me, I would go somewhere on the Atlantic coast, like in the Carolinas and... Hang oh yeah, out and, you know, sure. Nothing wrong show with from that. Somewhere in there, but I think we could all 
come together for do up a in little the Myrtle Beach vacation. We'll How about little, this? How about the, we go to Vermont? We do a live remote at the Ben and Jerry's factory. Oh, now see that ah, is from right Vermont. In our, that's right and in our throughout, lane. The, throughout the entire show. We we taste everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the experimental flavors, all the stuff they're making, they bring little batches to us, and we taste them and talk I'm about all, it. I'm all about this. You know what? New goal. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> That's what we're going to try to do this year. Go to Ben & Jerry's and do a remote. Why not? All right. I think we're done. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If We always appreciate the feedback, and you know, we, we know you want to hear Leanna on one of these shows, so we'll try and wrangle her in to do one at some point. But if you have any other suggestions for us, please use the burner phone if you want. Or you can tweet us at manandbone971. Or you can just open up your window and yell really loud, <laughs> the and burner, maybe we'll hear you. The burner phone, by the way, 614-787-3093, 614-787-3093. Just save it in your phone as go to hell or dumbasses or yeah. fatties or whatever you want to put it in there. Go ahead. All right. Thanks for listening. Go to hell.